What's the oldest game you've played in its original form that is not a re-release or part of a collection or on the virtual console? Whatever was the first game released for the Atari 2600. Frogger, maybe? <laughs> oh, yeah, I have played Frogger. Because like, I was thinking, like, you know, Centipede. Oh. Like, I think well, Frogger... And I, I think I stood... I, there's a picture of me standing in front of a Pong machine that doesn't work. <laughs> so I almost played Pong on the original hardware. Well, yeah, I guess, like, I've played, you know, Mega Man on an arcade thing. Um, and Or not Mega Man. Pac-Man. Now, actually, hold on. Because, see, the thing is, is that normally when you see Pac-Man in an arcade, it's like a Pac-Man, Ms. Pac-Man 2-in-1, right. like, re-release. But I was at a at a bus station in Canada, and I want to say that it may have been maybe not an original release, but you know it was it was Pac-Man, Pac-Man. Yeah, if you're taking other arcade games into account, I've probably played some of the earlier ones somewhere along the line, like a Donkey Kong or a Pac-Man or something. Oh, yeah, I've, Donkey Kong. I've played Pac-Man arcade stuff. I think that's probably <clears throat> as far back as it goes, though. Um, I do have a list of the first year releases of Atari games if we want if you want <laughs> nah, to don't worry about it uh, basic math aka fun with numbers <laughs> see we didn't have a gaming system in the house growing up we had computers because my dad worked for IBM so we had a PC junior and we had all of King's Quest on six floppy disks <laughs> that I had to get my brothers every time to come in and type the DOS commands because I didn't know how to do it. And we had things like Gertrude's Secret and Bert and Ernie's Bath Time and stuff like that. I played Scorched Earth on floppy disk. So most of these games were coming out when I was in the four years old to six years old range because I know Scorched Earth came out when I was six. Well, I played all of them on PC on floppy disk. Yeah, well, actually, if you're bringing up PC games, um, you know, I've gone back to games that were on the Apple II, um, Zork, some of the, you know, earlier games for computers. So got a couple of those under my belt, too. Anna, Stefano? Really, the earliest thing I've played is probably original NES games. So it's not that exciting. (laughs) I think it's for the SNES because I actually got one for Christmas two years ago. Wow. And I bought a bunch of games because my grandma bought the system. So I think Clue is the answer and I really don't like that game for the SNES. <laughs> so, whoops. I'm just thinking back to, to MAGFest. So I went to MAGFest last January. There's a there's a section in Ma- at MAGFest where everyone gets out, like sets up a bunch of old arcade games and um, then on another side there's NES games. So I played like I played Punch-Out on a PlayChoice 10. That was really fun. I also played Mega Man 2 on the NES, um, which before I had only had Anniversary Collection and Wii Virtual Console versions. So, And I was very proud that I could still do the Heat Man block puzzle um, <laughs> challenge for a live audience. That was fun. <laughs> Because we were before with that group, I had, we were like handing it around, handing the controller around, and the person who did Heatman stage like did the use the item too, and I was like, mm, but if I had, I would just do it and be all impressive, and then like after that we went and we started doing another round, and I went to Heatman first just so that I could <laughs> just stick it to them. I was gonna stick. I just wanted to show off. And I was very glad that I was very glad that I actually pulled it off because I hadn't done it in a while. It's like I know I can do this, but I haven't actually tried. And this is also like 
not the way I usually do it. So I was a little nervous. I was slightly nerves. Um, <laughs> but I did it, and I was very proud of myself. I was also really surprised that lots of people didn't like, – lots of people were like, yeah, sorry, I, I'm usually better, but I usually play it on normal mode. I was like, really, all of you? All of you play it on normal mode? I mean, it's like there were there were also the kind of people who were talking about how it was like the best game. It's like you've only played it on normal. Like, one man dies in one hit on like this. Just like I don't, know, I don't. It's like normal. Like, never, never tried hard. Never tried difficult mode, which is actually normal mode, and you've yeah. been playing easy mode, which didn't even exist. In the original version. So that was that was another thing I got to feel superior about. Um, <laughs> which, you know, is always great. It's always great when you can feel better than other people, right? That's, oh. the, that's the one goal in life that people are supposed to do, right? I think I got Your that American right. American Dream? Yeah, something like that. Here on GameHipster.com. I really hope I really hope that people like can read through my tone most of the time cuz otherwise I must come off as a very like terrible person. I actually just remembered my um my uncle is like 12 years younger than my dad so he grew up in like the 80s. Does he work at Nintendo? No, he doesn't. <laughs> um, uh, but when the first Legend of Zelda game came out, my dad actually went out and bought my uncle a gold, like one of the gold cartridges <laughs> for the Zelda games, and he still has it. So I actually got to play that when I was babysitting my cousins, and I also got an actual picture from my dad, and he sent like a, it was like a Zelda reference. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> you're actually sending me video game references? What's going on? <laughs> and then he proceeded to remind me that 20 years ago he played it, and I was like, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> so do we have more questions. What one game out of all the games you've played has caused you the most stress? Emotional, just emotionally, all of all of Possible Boyfriend and the Blackwell, the last Blackwell series game, because those ones had me freaking out like to no end. I used to let myself like I mean I'm talking about when I was like nine, that I would let myself get really like stressed out about like Dune Two. I was like, oh, these uh, the computer cheats. <clears throat> And, like, I would just sit there and play it, like, every day and get, like, really angry. That's how I was with Animaniacs. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't played that game since. <laughs> so, I think Morrowind, because I started a character, got to a point where I talked to the wrong person out of order, and realized that I had skipped nine quests in a quest chain to <laughs> get to the thing I wanted to get to, and I, I could no longer get that which was becoming the leader of the Thieves Guild. So I started a new character, and then I realized that if I didn't exactly do the skills right, I didn't level up properly. And if I did things in the wrong order, I would shoot myself in the foot again. So now I've been looking up every single NPC and every single place I could go before I actually go there to make sure that I'm not going to mess up my game which has basically made it so I don't play it anymore. Because <laughs> it's just too stressful, and I don't want to metagame that much. And Nathaniel's angry at me, because he's like, just hit stuff. Just run through the game. Play it the first time, and then you can get it all the next time. I'm like, no, I must become the dual leader of the Thieves Guild and the Mage Guild on the first try. Second try at this point. 
My poor Khajiit is stuck in limbo forever. But I just, it causes me stress in a game that's an open world exploration game when you can talk to millions of NPCs, but talking to them in the wrong order can mess up your game that badly. It's like, isn't the whole point of the game to explore and talk to people? Yeah. You can go anywhere and do anything as long as you do it all in the proper order. Yeah. Yeah, That's for a sandbox. That's just a bad game design right there. Oh, you're just playing it wrong. <laughs> hey, just because I don't want to be a naked Nord with asparagus on my head and a you know belt that unlocks doors. By definition, <laughs> if you have asparagus on your head, you're not naked anymore. <laughs> so I I don't really have the problem is, is that if a game starts like stressing me out, then I usually stop playing it, and that's usually the why I of why I stopped playing it. Um, there's Mega Man 8, which I pretty much gave up as soon as the first castle stage was... An- I don't care this is a spoiler. It was another sled level. <laughs> there wasn't even snow. <laughs> why? You can't, you're not even going to make that commitment. You're going to have rocket sled. The worst part. Well, because they, they wanted to use the delightful jump, jump, slide, slide voice clips again. <laughs> and to get their money's worth for them voice actor so that was one as yeah it's so it's kind of hard to remember i mean there are other games that i've quit like sticker star but that wasn't stress that was more boredom i mean smash brothers causes me a lot of stress when i think i'm gonna lose and i'm like ah i must win and then i resort to mega man's cheap tactics that no one likes and then everyone hates me i hate mega man in smash mega man is best character i hate Mega Man in Me- Smash. Mega Man is the best. So you- much. You can throw things at people. No. You can shoot things at people. Stop. I don't play Mega Man that often, and I don't want to. And you can, if someone's above you, you can air shoot at them, and they go flying up off the screen. And they're like, what happened? And it's you like can you use sh- top spin and have it actually be useful. Top <laughs> spin is actually very useful and annoying in Smash Brothers. We should fight. 1v1 me. Smash, Mega Zero, Man. Zero um, Suit Samus is going to kick your butt. I actually haven't fought Zero Suit Samus with Mega Man a whole bunch, so I might be at a little bit of a disadvantage there. You won't be. I'm not that good. <laughs> but yeah, I don't get angry, stressed with games. You get because even. Because I... <laughs> <laughs> yes. I don't play many, like... I don't know. What what games do I play? You Some Black types well, of videos. something or other, didn't you? Uh, the Blackwell Epiphany is... Point-and-click adventures and visual novels I've been playing a lot lately. So it's more just me getting worked up about everything that's happening and yelling about it on Twitter. That's literally all I do. I own them. I'll show them to you at some point. I walk through the room. So good. But uh, one of the games that really stressed me out is just really any Mario Kart game ever. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh yeah, this is great. And no, <laughs> I'm going to win, Blue Shell. Three lightning bolts. <laughs> Have you seen that one? Oh, hold on. Let's see if I can. That Mar- it's a Mario Kart Wii gif. Hold on. You keep talking. I have to go find it. See, I always end up going the wrong direction on the track somehow <laughs> and then falling off. And it's just, it's not good. Even if it's not a track you can fall off of, I somehow managed to find my way <laughs> off of it and somewhere in the wilderness. Because <laughs> you're like, driving and then all of a sudden everything explodes around you and then you're the wrong way and then someone hits you and sends you off the edge and you're like that's not even fair and now i'm in last place where you get all the good items 
unless you're the player. <laughs> then you get like the banana peels. You can drop them behind you and just I don't know, spite the people in first place who are about to lap you. Yeah, I don't play racing games like that. I'm just horrible at them. We were playing the Micro Machines racing game. Oh, for the NES. That was similar. Uh, NES or N64? I don't know. The one Jeffrey brought over? Well, he brought over one for <laughs> NES and N64. The one where you're driving around on tabletops and... That's both. <laughs> but I felt like you're going around the track, but the controls are from the view of the car, so you have to constantly switch which direction is left or right or up or down. And I always ended up like in a salad here <laughs> <laughs> because all the levels, because you're micro machines, you're playing on like a dinner table or like on a student's desk. And it's not a real level. It's like suddenly I'm in the water glass and I don't know how I got here. <laughs> I'm just thinking of, uh, I don't even know what the game is really called. Something Pro-Am. RC Pro-Am. For the NES, because like, didn't yeah. that have the issue where like, you yeah, that one's around. got the same kind of movement physics. I played that for a while, borrowed that for my aunt uh, for a little while, and yeah, same same kind of deal there. Although that one, once you get it down, there's really not much to the game. Are you ready for the next part? Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. I have to make a ridiculous final question. I have to. That's my thing. Who is the most pointless main character player you have ever encountered? Dang it, that was actually kind of a reasonable question. <laughs> and now I've made a fool out of myself because every single word of this is being read. Wait, uh, did you did you hear that? I have to go iron my way. I'll go, bye. bye. Rufus from Deponia. I was literally just about to say that. Nothing and should just not exist. <laughs> I was I literally just about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. There are so many expletives I could use right now to describe him. I'm not going to because last time I said something, I said a bad word, I was bleeped. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's the worst. So this will be, this will have happened by the time this podcast posts. Uh, but I am planning to start a live streaming series of me blindly playing through the first Deponia game in front of a live studio audience. So the only that. thing that I have heard about this game is that it's an adventure game and the main character is awful. Yep. <laughs> that's all I know. That that's, is all I care to know. That's, like, that's all I know, worst, too. The worst parts of Leisure Suit Larry combined with the worst parts of Roger from Space Quest with just extra awfulness peppered in. It's just the He's worst just, type of human being. Yes, he has zero redeeming qualities. Actually, maybe his hair. His hair is <laughs> And his trench coat's not so yeah. But aside from looking like a brown coat, there is nothing redeeming about that character. He's awful. It actually, it was really hard for my boyfriend to get through the first game because he was just like, I just can't stand him <laughs> at all. I was like, please just finish the game. He's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> he finished it and he's on the third game now, but... He was very adamant against finishing it at first. So wait, how was the question worded? Anyone who knows? Wait, Daddy? sorry, what? what? How was the question worded again? <laughs> sorry, I was busy looking at whatever this image is that uh, Joe the, sent. The, the Mario Joe, Kart stop passing notes during class. I, I said that I was going to look for this and post it in the chat, so. <laughs> Would you like to share with the rest of the class? Did I did. I shared it with everyone. It's right here in the chat. You can watch this person be utterly destroyed in Mario Kart. <laughs> Didn't share with our listeners. I'll post it in the show notes. Well, maybe I'll forget to put it in the YouTube video when I post it to YouTube. <laughs>
So how is the question worded again? Um, who is the most pointless main player character you have ever encountered? I'm trying to figure out how to interpret that. So like pointless as in has no bearing on the story? No intro to Nami. <laughs> I'm looking for help here. Uh, I, would, I would go with like a, a character where like the story just sort of happens and it's like yeah. your actions don't really end up doing anything. Or are we talking yeah. about something like an RPG where you've got multiple main characters and so somebody uh, who's like the Umaro of the group, <laughs> you know, maybe they're useful in battle somehow, but... You just kind of get them and, yeah, you got a Yeti. Cool. <laughs> Speaking of Final Fantasy, I mean, you could always go with uh, Vaughn from Final Fantasy Twelve. He's just kind of there. <laughs> Apparently, he wasn't even supposed to be in the game and they added him in because... They needed a more traditional protagonist, so I guess that explains why he just is there. The pizza delivery sim in Sims 3, because he never shows up when I call. <laughs> <laughs> well, is he really like a main character? He is if you order pizza. <laughs> I get, yeah, he, he's, he has his own, the pizza ordering subquest. Yeah, it's Sims 3, you don't do much, you live your life through a sim and if i order pizza i don't get it and it makes me sad it breaks my realism <laughs> because you know pizza deliveries always get there every time yeah usually when i order pizza <laughs> this is a really hard question because like any main character that wasn't like is most unnecessary is probably one that you're not going to even remember was there in the game <laughs> Yeah, I mean, for a long time, again, to you know, always goes back to Mega Man. Um, but for a long time, Roll in the Mega Man game really didn't serve any purpose except to complete the pun of rock and roll, mm -hmm. and that was like her only function until Mega Man Eight or Mega Man Seven. She seven. had some lines, but she didn't run the shop in Seven. Otto ran the shop. Right. She ran. She started running the shop in Eight, but before that, she was really just. She didn't do anything. I don't even think she was in some of the games. Right. She was probably mentioned in the uh, in the booklets. Not necessarily. Not in all, not in all the booklets, even. No. See, there was she was in the first game because she's at the end. She might not be. She's in four. She's at the end of four. In the end. Yeah. All I mean, all of the in, anything before seven is at the end. I'm pretty sure. Well, th that's basically it. You got yeah. them. Yeah. That's the only two. Those are the only two. She is in 10, but that is after 7. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, on the one hand, she wasn't the damsel in distress. On the other hand, by not being the damsel in distress, she was nothing. She was nothing. It was like, hey, there's also a girl there. I mean, I think in the end of Mega Man 1, it's just, you're home and there's Dr. Light and a girl. <laughs> <laughs> a Dr. Light and not Dr. Light. <laughs> And I think that's the fate of a lot of female characters in video games, that they're kind of there just as the token female character. I and mean, even Crystallis, Messia doesn't do much, or Messiah, or however you want to pronounce her name. Mensa. <laughs> Mensa. <laughs> Mersa. She doesn't do very much. And Zelda didn't do very much initially. She didn't get cool until later games. The series named after her, but Link does everything. <laughs> She's but also, in some of the games. 
Also bear in mind that the characters that we're talking about here were introduced in an era where story and characters really weren't, for the most part, a big thing. It was all about the gameplay, and any kind of story or character development you got at all was at the nicety. And so to expect any secondary character, especially if it's the case of Zelda, who's, I'm kidnapped and you don't see me until the end of the game, you know, I, I think it's understandable as princess peach too well yeah she there's that too <laughs> she got her own game for the ds so where she cries <laughs> what was that that was the uh the old post from christian <laughs> yeah <laughs> and like was it's it's one of the top I'm, articles hold on let me see if i yeah i'm a whirlwind of emotions <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's clearly what is it hold on let me see if i could yeah give a direct quote video games the reality yeah. I think it is it in this okay. first one or is it in the next one? I think Which it might be in the second one. Ah. Okay. <laughs> she's a woman, so obviously she's just a manic whirlwind of emotions. <laughs> and then the, the next part is not safe for work. But <laughs> I can So you know it was written by Christian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one of my favorite ones of that is the one that they ha that he did for Mega Man 5, yeah, which yeah. just titled Mega Man 4. Yeah. Uh, listeners, read some old game cola stuff. It's good. Mm -hmm. I'll, I can I can include this one in the show notes too. We'll, we'll there you do go. some cross-site promotion. We should probably link to our uh, Crystallis Ten Day celebration for this year because we've been subtly quoting it throughout the yeah. podcast. Uh, I guess I guess we might want to be a little nervous that <laughs> people might not understand our jokes. <laughs> our uh, XXX darker than black XXS humor. <laughs> well, and then you can go a different way with the the question because there are games like the Castlevania game you are playing, where you play through as the traditional guy first, but then he becomes utterly redundant once you rescue the one female character. Well, yeah, we're talking about Rondo of Blood here, <laughs> where, where he just he becomes pointless once you realize that the little girl is so much better to play as because you can throw cats at people. But she's oh, more yeah. effective. She's faster. She has better attacks. Like, there's no reason to play uh, a Samus Well, anymore. technically, if I recall, Richter's main attack with the whip is stronger than her attack with the birds, I think, Yeah, but maybe. she can summon but, a dragon yeah, and that's... a tiger and, like, well, house cats. He, he and... can launch crosses <laughs> across the screen and do other kinds of cool stuff. So they, they both have um, good points, but over. Overall, she's, she's better. Stronger. Like Plus, she's she's a little girl in a game where you fight like zombies and stuff, and she kills them by throwing cats at them. I mean, but <laughs> it's like, yeah, you can be generic protagonist or little girl who throws cats. <laughs> no like, comparison. And I guess, arguably, um, if you want to get into any kind of game that has a storyline where somebody else is calling the shots, so for example. Try, without trying to spoil anything in Mass Effect 2, Commander Shepard is a little pointless as a main character because a lot of the stuff that happens in that game would probably happen without you. Yeah, stuff happens to her, not because or of him, her. depending. Well, but yes, yeah, it's it's a lot of happening to your character. Shepard's yeah. canonically female for me, but um, yeah, a lot of stuff that happens to your character but not necessarily because of the actions, which is one thing about Mass Effect as a whole that drove me bonkers, is that on a, on a micro scale, your actions matter. The crew members around you, whether they live or die, whether you romance them, how they feel about you, that you can impact. But the, the whole 
impact the direction of the entire galaxy is bunk. That really doesn't happen. Uh, you you end up exactly where you would, regardless of what choices you make earlier on. So basically, instead of multiple endings, it has one ending and then just like 80,000 different ways to get there. Basically. Although, well, interestingly enough, the, the final choice that you have of the game, it, I would argue, is the first and only time you actually make a lasting impact on your world. And ironically, that's the one that everybody gets up in arms about because everything that you decided up to that point doesn't matter. <laughs> Wait, which, Matt, is that two or three? Three. The okay. very end of the series. Yeah, I was going to say, because I, I thought you were still talking about two. I was like, it was two of the yeah. one? Well, Did and everyone and get upset about the... two as well? And if you talk to the conspiracy theorists, then the ending of Mass Effect 3 really doesn't matter at all because it's all like a hallucination. Or you are being uh, indoctrinated or whatever it's called. Right. They're getting, they're getting Mass Effect 2 and Mario 2 mixed up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was the dream. Right. This is a, Mario 2 like, had like the least reason for it to all be a dream. Well, from an in-context perspective yeah but from a realistic game design perspective they could uh, yeah. very well appropriate someone else's game and just leave it as it was and call it mario and one thing that everyone like complains that mario 2 was a dream like that's a stupid plot twist but i'm pretty sure if you watch like the opening cutscene, it tells you it's a dream <laughs> and it also says so in the manual and yet everyone's like oh it was just a dream that's the stupidest plot twist it, it's not a plot twist <laughs> although what i find interesting is that you've got characters from mario 2 making their way into the main mario world yeah well because he dreamed about actual things that existed oh i guess that's fair yeah no one ever said mario was creative <laughs> that's like a double zinger it works on like <laughs> multiple levels even though i i actually like most recent Mario games. So <laughs> it's only it's only worked on multiple levels if you hold an opinion different to my own. So if we've exhausted No Lynch's questions, there's always the good old one that we typically, or at least on certain podcasts, have closed with um, as we're you know nearing the two hour mark um, before editing. Um, is the what games are we playing now question? Do I play games? <laughs> guys it's just like oh, actually actually okay i um i have been playing um after we beat phoenix right um i have been playing chrono trigger you know he'd sue you for assault and battery if you beat him well that. no he's a defense lawyer <laughs> well he'd he'd sue himself and then defend himself against it. i don't know how that works what? but he'd be in trouble at any rate <laughs> well he didn't he didn't sue the guy in the forget his name richard oh, Wolliton. Yeah. He didn't sue him. I mean, he did get him put to jail for murder. He'd but... just get Apollo Justice to... Oh, no, he's a defense lawyer, too, so that doesn't matter. Anyways, moving on. You played a video game. We're so proud. I know. <laughs> Yay! Is that the end of the story? <laughs> <laughs> I played a video game once. The end. <laughs> I played a video game once. It was terrible. The end. Yeah. <laughs> now I run a site about them. <laughs> it was a slippery slope. <laughs> I've been playing several games. Yay! I didn't know if Jetty was done with his story. Sorry. Oh, Did no, no, I, I was. I was. I was. Okay, sorry. I've been playing actual, my actual Steam list. The game I just reviewed, Ephemerid. I've been playing that a lot because school is awful and stressful, and that game is, like, calm and nice. 
and what else have I been playing? I don't know. Oh, um, a game named Melodies Escape, and it's like a rhythm game, but it uses your own music. And I'm like, yeah, this is great. I also bought a Happy Home Designer because I don't know why I spent money. I love it. It's so much fun. It's the Animal Crossing game, right? Yes, it's so cute and it's fun, but I should have waited for Christmas. But at the same time, I'm I'm okay with this. They also bought, <laughs> I bought the game Style Savvy for Nintendo 3DS because I liked the first game on the DS and it's addicting. What are you doing, Style Savvy? You basically run a boutique and you help people find outfits based on their preferences. It's an addiction and it's awful. Awful or great? I think I've used both of those words for every <laughs> game I've played lately <laughs> at the same time. So both. I, so like I said earlier, I finished uh, Shovel Knight and Plague Knight, uh, or Plague of Shadows, rather, um, which I didn't know was, like, free DLC. Like, I thought that was, like, an extra sort of game mode that you could buy for, like, I don't know, $5 or something. That's what I was expecting. But then, like, I beat Shovel Knight, and, like, at the end of credits, I was like, yeah, that was really cool. I was glad I played the game. It's like, you unlocked Plague of Shadows DLC. I was like, uh, there's this entire new game now to play. So that was really cool. It was like Plague of Shadows is sort of more like Shovel Knight's a good game, but Plague of Shad the Plague of Shadows version of it was sort of more my play style because like what you d- it's sort of because with Shovel Knight you get like these uh, relics, and so like you have a sort of mana counter or magic counter and the different relics to do different. So there's like one thing that you throw in an arc. And then it, you know, it's like an axe that goes in an arc or like a fireball that you shoot straight. Um, And those were okay, but like because you only had one bar with them, you never really, you didn't feel that encouraged to mess around with them because it was really easy to quickly run out of magic. So I didn't end up using them a lot. But with Plague Knight, first of all, Plague Knight's um, stuff with relics or the relics equivalent is on a recharge thing. So you can use them however many times you want. You just you have just to take a break. Yeah, you just can't use them like a like a lot in a row. But then also the main way you attack is by throwing these exploding potions. And throughout the game, you can buy these upgrades. Well, they're not even necessarily upgrades because what you do is like it can tweak it. So you buy like there's casing, which changes how you throw the bomb. So, like, they're the regular one, you throw it down, there's, like, a lob casing where it goes up, there's a float casing where it's sort of like Danger Wrap from Mega Man 7 where it's, like, in a little bubble and it floats up. There's, like, a shield-type one, there's one where you, like, just set it on the ground where you're standing. And then there's, like, a powder, which explains how it explodes, so some things, like, when they, there's just a regular one where it just explodes right there. There's another one where, like, little fire things come out and trace, like, the ground and walls. There's one where it makes, like, you can only throw one of them at a time, but it makes a big explosion. There's one where, like, if you throw three of them and they all land in the same place, it makes a really, really big explosion. And Does then, one of them make Julian fries? No. Aww. One of them makes <laughs> one of them makes fire pillars that might look like french fries. That's the closest I can get. Will not um, break. Will not break. It broke. <laughs> broke. <laughs> uh, and then there's also what's the last thing? Oh, there's a fuse, which is like how long it takes to explode, or like so it could last a long time, or you could like do it so that it goes when you press the explode button again. When you press like the attack button again, that's when it explodes, or 
you can set it to explode in different circumstances. But those are all like you can tweak your main attack in so many ways, and it's really easy to just do it on the fly. So like it's really like it's about okay, what bomb setup do I ha need for? Because you know it's shovel knights like Mega Man and that sort of like it's a screen by screen sort of challenge thing. So it's like okay, for this screen, what bomb setup is the best? For this screen, what bomb setup is the best? And so it was really cool to go through it like that, and it was a lot of fun. And it was really, it's like micromanaging your play style, which I, like for me personally, I enjoyed. And I think that's good that it's sort of like the, it's not just a different character, but it's also like sort of gets to a different kind of play style that people might want. And then the other thing I've been playing is Mario, Mario 3 on the Game Boy, which I think is, let's see, it's technically Super Mario Advance 4. So mm -hmm. it's like the, uh, what's it called? The all-star version. Okay. So with updated graphics and sound and everything. I've been playing that in preparation for getting Mario Maker this Christmas. I want to learn level tactics and stuff. Mario 3 is a great place to learn it from. Mm -hmm. So right now I'm in, I'm on like, I'm on the Fortress of World 8. So almost done. Um, oh, it's the puzzle one. I was playing it just before the podcast started. It's like, it's one of the puzzle fortresses. And it's like, I've beaten this before, but I still don't remember how to do it. It's... <laughs> it's like you got to do something weird with P switches and you got to there's like 50 million doors and it's like which door do you need to get to but I'm close to the end the only the only issue with Mario 3 is that there are like sometimes if you have the Tanuki suit you can just like break a uh, break a level it's like I don't I'm just not going to play this level and if you and if you have the P wing is a even that, more so yeah P wing you can skip like any auto scrolling level that isn't a water one you can pretty much skip with the P wing you can skip lots of levels with P-Wings. Um, but I think that's kind of the point, though, right. is that they recognize not every level is going to be fun to people or easy enough, even after lots of practice. Mm -hmm. So they throw in that, you know, they throw in the cloud to skip levels altogether. They throw in the P-Wing to skip levels, but technically beat them, so you don't need to risk going back before the level like you do with the cloud if you die mm -hmm. in the subsequent level. Right. And they give you the warp whistle to just skip, like, Right, half the game. <laughs> well, if you know the secret, but yeah, that's been fun. But the, the the momentum, you know, Mario's got Mario Three is back when the momentum was a little bit harder. Like, I mean, because it's 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 weird because you know you in real physics you can't control your trajectory when you jump, so you wouldn't <laughs> think you would think that something closer to that would feel more normal. But like Mario's sort of like slow down and like it feels, it just feels. When you're in the, it doesn't make sense because it's closer to how it would actually be. But it, Mario, like compared to like the newer Mario games, Mario just feels a lot more heavy in the air. I don't know how to explain it, but it's yeah, like, you mean. it's just not something I'm as used to. So it, it it feels like imprecise, even though I think it's it's just a control style that I'm not used to. Um, it is very floaty because he he takes like he takes a lot uh, longer to stop. A lot of the time, like a lot of the time I'll find myself instead of stopping, I just f try to find something to run into if I need to slow down. Hopefully not an enemy. Yeah. Uh, well, beggars can't be choosers. <laughs> Live and learn. But yeah, that's so that's 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 pretty much me there in the game playing department. I, I've actually been playing through a lot of games, so I'm going to try to blow through this pretty quickly. So I started Paper Dungeons, which 
is good in concept, but very, very, very glitchy in execution and doesn't render properly all the time. So that one is a slog to get through. I started Sacred Gold, which is an older PC RPG Diablo-esque style game that I loved at first. Interesting characters, interesting world building, interesting quests, but the enemies respawn at such a quick rate that is it is like slogging through 10 million enemies to get from one end of town to the other or to get from one quest to the next. And you always respawn in the most inconvenient spot, like five towns back. So not the best design there either. I played through Morphopolis, which is a non-verbal point-and-click adventure that is hand-drawn art in a flora and bugs setting, um, similar to Botanicula um, in its aesthetic, but it's really fun, but a short game, um, and the controls are really sluggish. I played through Memoria, which is part of the Dark Eye series, which I actually hadn't played any of the other Dark Eye games, but this one is very good about filling you in on the background details. Point and click adventure, beautiful art done by Daedalus, the same people who do Deponia. Um, Daedalic. Daedalic? Yes, Daedalic. <laughs> but Wait, could decent you repeat that adventure. Game that you just said? Sorry. Uh, Memoria. It's part okay. of the Dark Eye series. Okay. Uh, there's, Sorry, I, I think the first one was Dark Eye Chains of Satinav, and this one is called Memoria. And this one, great puzzles, great art, but the main characters are a little bit annoying. The only character I found compelling was the Enchanted Staff, who reminded me a little bit of Murray from the Monkey Island games, so I liked him. I also recently played through Cairo, which is a Myst-style exploration game with logic puzzles, um, also a lot of nonverbal puzzle solving, and beautiful, beautiful, expansive world graphics, um, but very minimalist style, so just the things that they could do just with rectangles and blocks, but building this gigantic city out of them was the, the atmosphere they were able to create with such minimalism just was so impressive. And so I absolutely loved that game. And what else? Oh, Nascence E, I started, which was advertised as an exploration game with jumping puzzles, but it's actually a jumping puzzle game with no light. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to actually make it through that game. I, I hear tell that there is exploration later on, but I can't get to it because I'm stuck in basement. Um, <laughs> so we'll see. And I started Robin's Quest. Well, I started and finished that one, which is a hidden object game with a female Robin Hood. And it's childish and silly, but it was a fun afternoon to spend. And I also just started Magna Carta Tears of Blood, which is a PS2 RPG with <laughs> the most complex combat system I have ever seen in a game. To attack a cactus, to just poke a cactus, you need to be a stronger leader than the cactus, master the mystical trinity energy meter, maintain a keen uh, resource control and eight different types of chi and know what type of chi the environment is producing and what type of chi your attack is using and what types of chi your other party members need and balance that appropriately and be able to switch back and forth between different 
combat modes and stealth modes and menus while within combat, and then actually attacking is a three button rhythm game to just attack. If you don't do the rhythm game perfectly, you don't hit. And that's your basic normal everyday attack. So this is going to wow. be Okay. Wow. I don't know if I can be a stronger leader than a cactus. Cactuses are natural leaders. And in order to build up your leadership, you need to give gifts to your party members and talk to your members and give them the right answers. But if you give them too much of one gift, then they get sick of it. So you need to find something else that they like. You, you taking notes, Jetty? <laughs> I, I don't know about this hour. And 45 minutes of it was nothing but cutscenes and info dumps about what you needed to do. And the other 15 minutes was 10 minutes of attacking cacti and 5 minutes of getting the butt kicked. Oh my goodness. Cacti? cacti. Yeah. <laughs> this sounds amazing. So the funniest part of this was I was playing through... So one of the games that I've been playing recently, I've played through uh, Leisure Suit Larry Love for Sale. And in order to get... I went back for 100% completion, get the maximum point score. And there's one where you have to sit there and listen to the comedian tell all of his jokes. He's got like half an hour of jokes. So I just turned off the sound, let Larry stand there listening to the comedian, and went over and sat on the couch watching my wife play this game. And I'm sitting there, and I'd seen the art style, and I saw like a flashback to a cutscene when one of the characters is a little kid. And these characters, maybe the art style, something looked vaguely familiar to me. So I'm sitting down there, and I'm, I'm watching, and I'm thinking it's Kingdom Hearts that she's playing. And I'm really waiting for the Disney characters and Final Fantasy characters to start showing up. And I'm there just watching her do her thing for a good half hour. And then I start talking about this magical, mystical Magna Carta. Like, it's a scrap of paper, you guys. It's not so magical. And then they're talking about this, like this game, they're just making stuff up. When is Donald going to come in and just make it seem more ridiculous? And then she shuts off the game and reaches for the case. And I'm like, well, don't put it in that case. We have the Kingdom Hearts case over there. And she says, we don't own Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> so, uh, and, and this is the reason why we work so well as a couple, because in the amount of time that it took her to explain everything that she's been playing, I might have told you about one of my games. <laughs> so we balance. <laughs> I was trying to keep it quick because I've been playing so many games. So I'll keep mine short. As mentioned, uh, Leisure Suit Larry 7, which is arguably the best game in the series. So classic Sierra point-and-click adventure games with, of course, an off-color sense of humor and not safe for children, but still quality gameplay um, and a very well-built game. Can you call a horn dog searching for mold to make beaver cheese a quality game? You I've spent done... half the game searching for mold. <laughs> I've done worse things for the good of the order. So that that was actually a very well put together game. And I, according to my backloggery, I'm playing Dragon Age Origins, though you wouldn't know it. <laughs> um, I think it's been three months since the last time I picked that up. Uh, which is funny, because I was just getting to the part where I was starting to get engaged again. So it's a Bioware game, so all of the interacting with your party members and talking and dialogue trees everywhere, and some RPG fighting here and there. But there was more of a tactical focus, and the first time I played the game... I built my character thinking that I would have the simplest character possible. And I might have talked about this on a previous podcast, so I'll keep it short. But I picked the fighter, because the fighter is the simplest character possible. You just go up and pop things, right? No. <laughs> Apparently, it's all... Well, if 
if you use this combat mode, you get a penalty to, to defense, but you increase your damage. I'm like, I don't want to deal with this. I just want to bop stuff. So of all things, I chose to be a wizard or a sorcerer or whatever the magic user is. And that's uh, just, I click the button. And, yeah, that one. I click a button and things die. That's really <laughs> all I want. I can get into the nuances later. So I'm finally restarting that game, and now I'm, I'm going a different direction than I did before, and now I'm starting to get engaged. But for whatever reason, something about the presentation of the game just wasn't grabbing me as much as some of the other RPGs I've played. Um, so that one I'm technically playing and would like to get back to at some point. Um, as mentioned, I'm going to be starting Deponia shortly, and I am still playing Mega Man Rock Force because I'm stuck. I don't remember the last time I was stuck on the final stage of a Mega Man game. It's been forever, because normally you know, sit down, give me an afternoon, a day or two, a couple days tops, and I'll beat it. It's been a couple weeks where I keep plugging away. I'm like, I don't have enough lives to get through this. So that's that's a new experience. Well, it's an old experience that I haven't had in a long time. But otherwise, we've been playing Lego Harry Potter together, years one through four on the Wii. And it's terrifyingly glitchy. I actually read that it is possible to destroy your save game by exiting a level at the wrong time. Mm. Like anywhere, you can just destroy <laughs> your save game. So Oops. that's a little frightening. Uh, and there have been a couple of times where we're pretty sure that we broke the game, but actually there was something hidden, small, tiny somewhere that we just didn't interact with in quite the right way. And I don't know, we've been having some technical issues with it, but those aside, it's been really fun. It's been reminding us why we like the Lego games, because we played Lego Indiana Jones one and two, and we hated those. That almost ended our marriage, seriously. Just because the the camera was so zoomed out with two people playing that if, if you hadn't already played in single-player mode where you could see things up close and had any idea what you're doing, it was just completely confusing. And there were a lot of challenges that were like, I can do this, but I don't want to. Also, I remember... And the vehicles were completely uncontrollable. Just oh, so yeah, many problems. So many problems that and we Lego had. And Lego Batman was just kind of meh. The only real reason to play Lego Batman is to get to play as the villains. Um, so we, you know, we like the concept of the Lego games, but it's been a long time since we played Lego Star Wars 1 and 2, which we loved, um, despite their problems, but they were still generally fun. And so it's so nice to go back to a game that we can play as a couple that we're just having fun with. We launched carrots into space and drove a pumpkin. It was the best thing ever. <laughs> Our standards are very, very low. <laughs> so that's about it for me. Have you all fallen asleep now? I'm still here. I'm alive. I can't okay. believe anyone we else. Talking. I know. We are, well, we all are. <laughs> anyone else playing games? I've been playing Super Mario Maker. Yeah, I've made a couple levels, played more levels than I've made. My levels tend to be along the lines of, oh my goodness, I can stack all the Goombas on top of each other. <laughs> <laughs> and then I get, in fact, I have one level where, like, I start Mario out, like, a star right above him and then have like three columns of goombas so he, he just stands there and all the goombas fall on him and die and it, i'm just like this is hilarious <laughs> and then i tried to turn the uh second half of that into like an invisible block maze Easy. all the goombas fall on your head and die and now you have to go through this invisible block maze and then i started like hiding stuff in the blocks that you had to hit in order to make the floor so you can climb up another level and i'm like yeah, I'm just being mean at this point. I was about to say you're mean. Is that is that using that glitch trick where like you can like put a cloud on a piece of like scaffolding and then delete the cloud, but then like put an invisible block and then you have then it's basically just invisible, or is that just making invisible blocks that you can hit? 
I don't know, I haven't really experimented with stuff. I've mainly been like, okay, let's make a Mario level. I have one level where I basically put, like, a giant line of, like, flying Goombas and turtles, and then you just have to jump on them over a bottomless pit. And then I think I put, like, Lakitu's dropping stuff at you. Yeah, I've had a lot of fun, but none of them, none of the levels I've made, I think, are actually Mario levels. It's more like, I made a giant pyramid of turtles. (laughs) And it flies. (laughs) Do something with this, I guess. Here you go. Here's the level. It's a giant flying pyramid of turtles. I've noticed playing, like, the uploaded levels, most of the levels are along the lines of, my things like oh look look what i can do or the uh kaizo mario-esque stuff like look how insanely difficult this is ha 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 you will never beat this or or auto scrollers oh those are fun i don't even know how those became a thing but there's quite a bit of them and it's just like you start and then just all this stuff happens and Mario just gets, like, bounced around, lands on platforms that scroll, and then it's very cool to see. I mean, it's not fun to play because you're not actually playing. You're just standing there. But it's still really cool to see how they, like, manipulated everything to make sure. Like, there's one where they get a spring to knock you onto these cannons, and then they all shoot the cannonballs, and then you just, since it's beneath you, you automatically jump off it onto the next one, and then it, like, walks you across and like up it's really cool but yeah that's i've been playing mario maker it's on my wish list if anybody's been following along on the game color youtube channel gc.net uh we're doing a playthrough uh it's uh, ryan mather and matt jonas and diana gray is an onlooker who refuses to play and uh me the evil person who created the all monster. of this the monster <laughs> doing a playthrough of a rom hack that i started back in 2002 um and have been poking at over the years of uh, super mario world that i call super impossible mario world so we've we've been seeing some of those you know proto mario maker game design ideas of things that you can do with just super mario world so that's that's there for your entertainment if you need your fix as well yeah i'm afraid to get him the uh, super mario maker because i think that he would just curl up into a hole and never come out and just be like i must make a new level <laughs> you would get way too into it what if they made like one of those for mega man you would never see me again <laughs> see what one of my aspirations is to eventually make a mega man fan game i just haven't sat down to figure out how to do it but should I ever do that, that is the only thing that I will work on until it's done. Well, I mean, Capcom's seen your resume, basically, so... (laughs) True, they have. Was that that everyone? Is that... Are we ready to wrap up? We've been going for a while. Yeah. I don't... I think this is definitely one of those where I do not know how much usable material there is here. All of it. All right, well... Ladies and gentlemen and everyone in between, we uh, thank you for listening to this edition of the Game Cola Podcast, or Spookcast, I suppose. Is that what I said at the beginning? (laughs) I don't even know. Like, all pretense has been dropped. Thank you, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. And if you enjoyed this, uh, you can check out some of our other stuff. Like, we have a YouTube channel. 
Julie? Uh, yes, I believe oh, the uh, username is gc.net, the letter G, the letter C, the word dot, and the word net. And if you're listening to this podcast on the website, you could go check it, uh, check out there. We have a bunch of other podcasts and video stuff posted there. You've heard a little bit about that, like the Super Mario, Impossible Mario, Super Nathaniel World. Um, <laughs> That we were to that. You might, but you might also be listening to this podcast on the YouTube channel, in which case we implore you to check out our actual internet website, GameCola.net. Wait, we have that? Yeah, yeah, an actual oh. internet website, GameCola.net. Are we on iTunes? <laughs> yes, we are on iTunes. I was going to do a little bit where I was going to pause and let Jetty do the gaming outside the mainstream <laughs> thing again. But I guess that's not happening. Sorry, Jetty. Um, it's okay. Uh, we are on iTunes. If you want to listen to this podcast on iTunes and get little notifications every time we upload a podcast, you can just search Gay and Cole on iTunes. You'll pro- I don't think there's there's going to be much uh, issue there. Uh, you should be able to recognize like the little icon that goes with it. And those get posted pretty much immediately when they get posted to the site, I think. Under what yeah. circumstances are we not on iTunes? Oh, yeah, if you didn't like the podcast, we're not we're not on iTunes, actually. So you don't even have to worry about, like, that whole rate feature that's on iTunes, <laughs> especially. It's fa- not there. Yeah, so don't worry just don't, about it. You yeah, can just leave. What, what is an iTunes? Um, <laughs> go, go listen to Spotify or something like that. You can also find us on various other... Uh, you can find us on our Twitch channel, that we might be doing some cool stuff with in the future. Jetty, do do you remember what the uh, name of that is? Pretty sure it's Game Cola. Just Game Cola? Okay. So yeah, just search Game Cola on Twitch. You'll probably find it, like many other things, such as our other social medias, Facebook, search Game Cola, Twitter, at Game Cola. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Because this is vaguely Halloween-themed, do we have a Tumblr? <laughs> a Tumblr. We're everywhere. You can't escape us. <laughs> Um, that's the spookiest thing of all and if you want to uh, contact the uh, Game Cola podcast uh, you can do so by emailing us at podcast at gamecola.net and you can ask us questions just like our good friend uh, Nolan <laughs> good friend what's his name Good friend. Good friend. Yeah, and I, I believe that is everything, unless someone wants to correct me on that. You're wrong. <laughs> well, then, again, thank you. Happy day after Halloween, everybody. And um, potentially 15th of November. Yeah. And potentially like three years from now when this makes it to YouTube. <laughs> I mean, people don't necessarily, people could watch this at any point. Like, really, it could be like, you know, five million years in the future, and we've got like people digging up old YouTube archives, and it's like, whoa. And this podcast is the one piece of civilization that's about the apocalypse. (laughs) I hope so. All right. Well, thank you again, everybody, for listening. Thank you, everyone, for coming out. Uh, Have a lovely time of day, whatever it is where you are, and see you next month. Goodbye.
deaf. <laughs> He's going to edit the wiki. <laughs> so ground control to Major Jeff. <laughs> ground control to Major Jeff. Those aren't the wrong chords. And we'll put the audio file on top of our Christmas tree. <laughs> I don't. I, I, that F was actually close, but I, I don't know what the second chord is. So, Jeff Sharp. Oh, <laughs> speaking of um, yeah, I, good joke. <laughs>